All right, so today's fun episode is the question, was John McCain the last vaguely sane Republican presidential hopeful? So I'm no fan of John McCain. Granted, I feel a bit odd about bashing the dead, but I thought McCain sucked. He was basically a warmonger among so many other negative things. In fact, that he won Dick Cheney's endorsement as a new steward for the presidency and part of a new chapter in our history, was a sign that McCain was bad news. Still, compared to what's out there now among prominent Republicans, he at least seemed vaguely normal. In other words, bad news gave way to even worse news. After all, as shitty as McCain was, and again, he was shitty, he at least did speak against things like torture. Trump, on the other hand, normalized a bunch of crazy shit. To be fair, McCain's campaign had normalized Sarah Palin, too, and she was almost a proto-Trump. In fact, so was George W. Bush. Remember, Palin was dumber than a rock, possibly even stupider than W., and really excelled at talking about the media's hatred of her and rarely anything else like a true MAGA Republican, she was engaged a lot in the persecution complex politics, commingled with some culture war crap, but mostly about herself being a victim over and over and over again. Frankly, I still try to convince myself people only bought her book Rogue because they might have confused it for a ragu pasta sauce-themed cookbook. Anyway, Palin rose to stardom at around the time anti-Obama fear-mongering and Tea Party lunacy started bubbling over, and the phony baloney talking points of death panels and FEMA camps and fake birth certificates started plaguing the minds of millions. Dumbing politics down to the point where even grunting cavemen would have been like, What the fuck this shit? Grog confused. Why moose killer woman on TV? Grog, now go look at sun and think. And wait, why does that fictional caveman Grog make me think of somebody else? Oh yeah, remember that time Donald Trump actually stared at the eclipse, even though he was just advised not to? Well, he kind of reminds me of a caveman in that instance. And you can find a nice little convenient YouTube clip of that very moment where Trump looked right at the eclipse. Now, granted, I I think, you know, that sounds like something I would be dumb enough to do myself. So I, I was always a little bit less judgmental of Trump when it came to that little moment. I think we've all had that time in our lives where we just did something stupid, right? So I'm able to look the other way on that, but it, it did remind me of that. Of course, poor old Grog the caveman never had a chance to win the presidency, and he was certainly never gifted with $500 million from his caveman dad. However, he did have his natural place in the world, and it turns out that maybe the presidency actually was Donald Trump's natural place in the world, because this system keeps rewarding stupid people with bizarre and dangerous ideas and outdated philosophies, keeps giving them power, privilege, and certain protections. 
Just as Grog's home was a cave system, Trump's one-time home was the White House. And now it is his his golf resort club that is his home, which is a Trump cult club at this point. The problem is, will he again leave his golf lair and head to the presidential Big Brother reality show in that uh, embarrassing place we call the White House? And I really want to think Trump will finally face repercussions for some of his bad behavior, but he still hasn't, at least not really. Every time I think they have caught the fat toad finally, they're really going to do something this time, it ends up being a false alarm. And even now, Trump's own primitivist followers are still crying disloyal against anyone who dares step out of alignment with his fat shadow. And there's another problem with the farty old Democrats, too. It seems plenty of the Democrats are closer to either dying or retiring, which is a problem with having so many of our Democratic Party elected officials being close to 90 years old. Basically, this means they are vulnerable to being replaced by MAGA maniacs. And also, as I've noted, the Democrats seem to not focus much at all about down-ballot races, even though they might be able to easily win some of them just by increasing turnout by having candidates who offer something. But so much of the focus is on the national level. In fact, it seems both parties could potentially go the John McCain route of, you know, dying. And that might sound fine and good to those of us who always critique the dumbass duopoly and all of its dullards and dupes, but the question emerges, what would replace these people, these parties, and this rotten way of doing things? The answer appears to be a big fat, I don't know, either that or some pessimistic answer. What I do know is that our problems will keep compounding themselves, stacking up onto each other like a Jenga tower of human folly. And the false narratives and conspiracy theories we've come to know and love will only make the population less able to put the puzzle box back together again. You know, and and once they finally solve the puzzle, will it end up being like a Hellraiser scenario where we all pay with indignity and suffering? I mean, sure, there won't be the cool Cenobites and Pinheads showing up, but you know, there could definitely be some suffering in whatever we piece back together. What I can say is that the Republican approach to solving problems is to condemn it, beat it up, bomb it, stab it, shoot it, starve it, kick it, throw it out of town, or throw it in a cage, and not necessarily in that order. And if you don't believe me about that, go ahead and tell right-winger Matt Walsh what I said then try to tell me Walsh doesn't get a boner over those deadly approaches to societal issues. He seems to be hell-bent to implement some sort of fascist torture system to go after any sort of group that he doesn't like. See a homeless person? Don't spend money helping them. Why, that's just throwing our money away. Instead, we got to spend far more money finding additional ways to make their lives worse if not just outright killing them, because that is what freedom's about, buddy. Don't like torturing people who are down on their luck tough. Now, if you excuse me, I have to tie this person. 
I hate to the bumper of my pickup truck attached to another vehicle and we're going to tear this homeless bastard in half because I get my freedom-based solutions to problems from 1980s slasher movies about crazed hitchhikers. You know, that seems to be really what the future is going to look like if the Republicans have their way. It's going to be like a Taliban-esque free-for-all and, you know, we're going to have morality police implementing a twisted version of Christian dogma. As another example of freedom-loving savagery, recall that Trump himself repeatedly said that we need to execute drug dealers. Again, the solution is condemn it, beat it, bomb it, stab it, shoot it, starve it, kick it, throw it out of town, or throw it in a cage. And the funny thing is, Trump basically said he would have already dealt with things like the opioid crisis, and that he would address it basically like an atomic superman. He said the decline in opioid usage under his watch will be a beautiful thing to see. Watch what happens, he said, if we do our jobs, how the number of drug users and the addicted will start to tumble downward over a period of years. It will be a beautiful thing to see. Well, people are still ODing on drugs all these years later, almost as if drug addicts aren't going to stop being addicted merely because the president gives a speech. As Politico noted, overdoses climbed to record high in 2019. Well, that was obviously well into the Trump administration term. But again, the idea that super president's going to swoop in and save the day is a belief for morons, or the kind of people who would eagerly vote for someone like Donald Trump. And sane people knew he wouldn't be a hero, just based on that Access Hollywood tape. Remember the Washington Post called it an extremely lewd conversation about women that happened in 2005, where Trump told one of the Bush family, who is apparently an entertainment journalist, that he might just start kissing a woman he was scheduled to meet, saying to Billy Bush, I don't even wait, and when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. So that became a famous Trump catchphrase. And yes, Democrats who acted so shocked and surprised by that tape sort of forgot about Bill Clinton using his power to get a blowjob from Monica Lewinsky, among other things, you know, that famous cigar. But I guess it was still shocking to people who assumed that billionaires and politicians must just be decent, respectable human beings. After all, if they weren't good people, why would billionaires or politicians have all that money and power, right? They must just be top-notch. Also remember that Donald Trump repeatedly sexualized his own daughters on national TV, once telling Wendy Williams, when asked what he has in common with Ivanka, that they have sex in common. What a weird thing to say. In fact, it seems like seems like even if you're a, an incestuous pedophile, that you wouldn't really tend to admit that in public, especially on national TV, especially if you're a celebrity with a lot to lose over such a confession. But of course, 
not only did he not lose anything over that, but he was in fact kind of rewarded um, by saying such things. Oh, and you, you have actual footage of Trump at a party with none other than Jeffrey Epstein, who Trump publicly noted liked younger women. So just wait until QAnon finds out about that. Oh, wait, they don't really care? They're actually a bunch of partisan hacks and weirdos? Oh, never mind. And I still have people telling me regarding Trump finally getting jailed or something like that. Just wait, Merrick Garland's actually a badass. He went after Timothy McVeigh. Well, what can I say? I'm still waiting. And I've been told by Trump's crowds that his ardent followers will continue to endorse him no matter what. And that's really one of the things that truly separates Trump from McCain. McCain at least would have found it odd to cultivate a cult, I think. Trump, however, was just like, nah, I'm a cult leader, a charlatan, political hack, buffoon clown, with literally clown-esque orange skin and goofy, almost clownish hair. And I even stand with weird cartoonish posture, like some strange clown caricature. And I talk like a toddler pretending to be an adult, talking down to toddlers, pretending to be adults. It'll be great. And uh, that's certainly appeared to be the definition of greatness for some people. Well, okay, that that quote that I just made is obviously fake, no, fake news, but here is something that Trump literally did say at one point. Remember, he told a crowd, let's do a pledge. Who likes me in this room? He really asked that to a rally crowd. I've never done this before. Can I have a pledge, a swearing? Raise your right hand. I do solemnly swear that I, no matter how I feel, no matter what the conditions, if there are hurricanes or whatever, vote, will vote on or before the 12th for Donald J. Trump for president. So the crowd repeated that and they ended the pledge with cheers. Some probably also had tears in their eyes. And he continued, now I know. Don't forget you all raised your hands, you swore. Bad things happen if you don't live up to what you just did. So yes, that actually happened. I still say those deplorable idiots can't be a majority in the country, but that may be too cute to be the truth. The new American motto is truly going to be an unironic duh. And the national anthem will probably be the very worst Kid Rock song. And the party of law and order will scheme to overthrow the U.S. Constitution and install a theocratic neo-fascist dictatorship. But it'll all look cuter because it'll be promoted like the Proud Boys and Gestapo types are just a bunch of silly Barney Fifes. Hell, there's even a classic moment of dialogue from Andy Griffith that perfectly captures that aura. So Barney Fife said, Well, for my money, he's got all the facial characteristics of a criminal, you know, the narrow chin and the eyes closed together and the slack jaw with a prominent overbite. Then Andy Taylor had to say, You know what that sounds like? You know who that sounds like? Barney Fife said, Who? Andy said, You. So... You know, the criminal was Barney Fife, like an appearance. And I think we can expect that for all the uh, 
proud boy types, you know, the types who are patriots fighting against tyranny, well, they're often going to be the tyrants. Granted, in the MAGA universe, there will be no relatively wise Andy Taylors to keep the Barney Fifes in line, and the Barney Fifes will be out there beating people to death for being homeless or gay. So that'll be one key difference. And yeah, that's the sort of future we have to look forward to, I guess, if these people have their way. And unfortunately, it seems like they will to a substantial degree.